I hope this little uh, update has been a blessing and uh, an encouragement to you. Thank you and God bless you. It's amazing what God is doing over there in, uh, in Egypt and through the ministry of uh, Pastor Abdul Latif and uh, just continue to be praying for him. Uh, it was amazing to, to see that first breakthrough for that people that, that have been unreached. And if you, uh, how many of you have read the book of Philippians there in your Bible? Has anybody read the book of Philippians? Great. Do you know that the book of Philippians was started by a couple ladies? They got saved. That's how that church started. That's how that ministry started. And, uh, and, and the Bible says, I was reading in my, in my uh, just in my daily reading uh, yesterday uh, in, in, in the prophets. And I, I want to say it's either Haggai or the one right before it. Uh, but it says, don't despise the day of small things. And it might be something like, oh, well, it's just 28 people. It's just 70 people. But what God can do through those 28 and through those 70 is, is impact a city of 20 million. And if we just pray for them, if we just stay faithful, and if we can support them as a church, support the ministry there, God will, I know, bless it and grow it and, uh, and do a marvelous work there. Well, this morning, it's, our, it's been our privilege. I know last week... Um, uh, Pastor Wall was with us, and uh, and I was out of town, and and uh, I did uh, tune in through the live stream, and I did notice that when John said that I was his favorite, he didn't deny it. I mean, he he came up here, and he never said that's not true. It is true. I am his favorite, and uh, no, I've really enjoyed Pastor Wall's friendship. Uh, in fact, this week has been a, a, a great week of encouragement for me. Uh, he's got over thirty five years of being in ministry of walking with God, of, of being a pastor and leading a church. And uh, one thing I really appreciate about, appreciate about him isn't just his friendship and love towards me, but the example that he has set. Uh, he is a man of faith and a man that has lived by faith. In fact, he was sharing with me his story of when he first came down here to the valley. He, he, he actually went for two years to the Rio Grande Bible Institute and he was telling me he came from Canada, that's where he was living at the time, came from Canada without papers. Somehow the immigration officer overlooked it, never asked him for it, approved of his student visa. He came, he said he landed here on the airplane and got to campus with $1, literally $1 in his pocket. And God provided for two years for him to pay his school and to be studying there. And he said, I learned so much about God's faithfulness during that time, and uh, and so I can honestly say um, that he is not only a man of faith, but a man that has lived by faith, and that wasn't the only two years he's lived by faith. Ever since then, he said, I've been living by faith, and God has been faithful, and so I know that whatever God has laid on his heart for us this morning will be something that will be a challenge and an encouragement to us, so I'm going to ask Pastor Walt, if you would, come and share with us what the Lord has laid on your heart. Let's go ahead and welcome him this morning, if we would, as he brings the message to us. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. We are hardly used in Mexico. We said, I don't deserve all the flowers they gave us. <laughs> thank you. It's been a really, it's been a blessing to be here. And well, we go back tomorrow morning and then stay home two days and then go out again. So it's a, it's a busy time. We're just starting. They, we've been 
home most of this past year because of the pandemic goes. Uh, but you know something in, in life, when, when I was in college, they gave us a, a course on, on your personal life, on your personal spiritual life. And the author of that course, and this is one thing I've never forgotten, says, my first duty every single day as I get up is to put my soul in a state of joy before God. So his first duty, not at the end of the day, his first duty every day was set his soul in a state of joy before. Is that your duty? With such a dry Christian life of most of us live today? Well, okay, I want to speak a little bit today on our attitude in giving. Our attitude. First, Second Corinthians chapter 9. We're six, seven, and eight, our attitude in giving. You know, God is not just interested in our giving, but he is very interested in the attitude we have in giving. Very interested. And the Bible says that everybody brags about, about his own liberality, but God weighs the heart. God looks at the heart. What heart we do it with. And let's say I can't, someone would say, I don't give with joyfulness. So should I quit giving? No, never. Keep giving, but bring your heart into it. So you can do it with joy, really joy. Second Corinthians 9, verse 6, But this I say, he would keep sparingly, and he would sow it, Bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Look, for God loveth a cheerful giver. He, it, it says here, God does not just love any kind of giver. He loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. That's our attitude. And at the beginning of, in, in that home, way back home, uh, attitude was not very important in our family. The important thing is that you did what you were told. But what attitude you did it with was not very important. But I've learned in life later, later on that that's all in your life. Attitude is very hugely important to God. What attitude you do it with. And here it says, God loveth a cheerful giver. I am convinced that Christians, by what I see, they give some, but they're not blessed the way God would because they just have the wrong attitude in giving. They give, but with a wrong attitude. And God looks at your attitude and at my attitude, what we give it with. Let's go there to Deuteronomy, 
Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read a couple of verses here. The, the first 15 verses are about God's blessings on Israel if they would keep his word. And in the last chapter, verse 16 and further, there are about curses that will come upon Israel if they do not keep his word. And we're going to read two verses, and one of the curses that God said because they would not serve him with the proper attitude that God required. 46 and 47. And they shall be upon thee for sir, and upon thy seed forever. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. For the abundance of all things. It does not say that they didn't serve God. God says that one of the curses upon Israel because they serve not God with joyfulness and gladness of heart. God looked at the condition of their heart they serve God with. That was God was very interested in with the joyfulness and gladness of heart. So God does not look just look at us coming to church. But he looks us at our, at, at our attitude, with what attitude we come to church. God wants us to read the Bible, but what attitude do we have in doing so? God wants us to go and win souls for Christ, but what attitude we have in doing that? And the attitude is not the attitude that we say that we have but the attitude that God looks that there is way deep in, our, in, in us. That's what God looks at us, in us. So I cannot say, you know, in here, I can say many things. I can say, oh, I didn't do this because of this. I didn't come to church because of this. Because, of, because of, uh, the Bema Seat of Christ the real attitude will come. And there, God will not say, listen to what we say. He will uh, bring forth the real attitude we did things with. And there we will be rewarded or lose rewards because we had the wrong attitude in doing things for God. The wrong attitude. attitude. There in 1 Timothy chapter 6, that says, If we have enough to eat and to clothe, there we should be content. And content, that's, that's not, well, that's all I have, so no. We should have contentment in that. And that's, that shows us how far we are from God, because who in this room could ever be really content with just having enough to eat and to clothe. We need a whole lot more things. Even we saying that all I need is Christ. <laughs> you know, I have to sit there when I sing that, either not sing it or confess a lot of sins because the reality of my life many times is not all I need is Christ. My attitude is not that good. It's not that sanctified. 
And God, God looks at our attitude we do things with. And he is very, very concerned. And even here, God says, one of the curses upon Israel, because you did not serve God with gladness of heart. That's what God was against. To change our, to build our character, we need all, all our life. But to change our attitude, how long do we need? How long does it take to change our attitude? Let's go there to Luke chapter 8, the book of Luke in chapter 8. And we'll see a couple of places on how easy and how fast we can change our attitude. Luke chapter 8 and verse 51. And when he came unto the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John, and the father of the mother of the maiden. Look, and all wept and bewailed her. What were they doing? Weeping, crying. And now it says, but he said, weep not. He is not dead. She is not dead, but sleepeth. Look, verse 53. And they laughed at him. See, how fast did they change from crying to laughing? It did not take very long. So we do not have to go all day long with a bad attitude just because, oh, I can't change it. No, we can change it as fast as we want to. We can change our attitude as fast as we want to. That doesn't take an hour or 30 minutes or not even five minutes. We can do it and last than that, change our attitude. We can't be. Jesus said, she is not dead, but she is only sleeping. And while everybody was crying, now they laughed at him. How long did it take them to change their attitude? So if we don't have a good attitude in giving, a good attitude in fulfilling and uh, filling out our, our faith promise card, you can change it. Even now, before the time comes that you fill out your faith promise, we can change our attitude and do it with a good attitude, with joyfulness, because God loved a cheerful giver. Remember there when, when they were going to make Jesus king and because he had given them bread, now they wanted to make him king? But that same crowd afterwards cried, crucify him, crucify him. You can change your attitude from bad to good or vice versa. From good to bad. So it, it's not, it does not depend on circumstances, does not depend on problems, does not depend on sickness, does not depend on poverty or other people, does not depend on how people treat me. If I have a sour attitude, it depends on me and on you. The only people responsible for our attitude, it's ourselves. We would like to blame anybody else, don't you? I wish I could blame you for my sour attitude, but I can't. 
We say in, uh, in Mexico, you are not responsible for the face you have. But we are responsible for the, pace, for the face that we put up. For that, we are responsible. We don't have to come. Some, some people, they're so sour, if they would uh, suck a lemon, the lemon would make faces. <laughs> we don't have to be like that. I don't have to be like that. You don't have to be like that. Nobody have to. We don't have to be like King Saul when he offered that sacrifice, which he should have never done because he was not a priest. And Samuel came to him and said, What hast thou done? And he said, Because thou did not come on time, and the people forsook me, and the enemies came upon me. See, it was everybody's fault except his own. We do not have to be like that. We can accept our responsibility and change our attitude, even in giving. And one of the problems is people, I think, if they can't have a good attitude, they're not responsible for things. Oh, yes, we are. We just have to change our attitude. And we can do it fast. For God loved a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Can you really cheerfully fill out your faith promise this morning and even go up on your faith promise from last month? If not, then just look. Look what God said to Israel there in, in, in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy because of the many things that God had given you. If you can, if I cannot have a good attitude, I just need to contemplate what God has done for me, what Christ died on me, for me, that he paid my, my debt, he paid my sin, he forgave them all, he forgave them instantly, eternally, freely, completely, he forgave all my sin. I never have to worry about them. And then how can I think on those things? and not change my attitude. Look at another example. Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 28. You remember this story when uh, they, took, they were taking Paul to Rome and they went into that terrible storm there and everything and all that happened. Now they finally came with great problems to an insel. And you probably know what happened. And when they were warming themselves, Paul was busy fire, and a venomous serpent bit him. And what did they say? Look verse 5. And he shook off the beast unto the fire and left no harm. And look verse 6, howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but they had looked a great while and saw no harm to him. They changed their minds and said that he was a god. Look how fast these people. First, Paul must be an evil man 
because of the serpent that bit him, that the justice does not let live. So they, they thought he was going to fall dead any moment. And when he did not fall dead, what do they say? Oh, he must be a god. See how they change their attitude from being an evil, a wicked man that deserved to die, that the judgment of God was following and pursuing him. And since that not happened, he must be a god. Look, very suddenly they change their attitude. And we can too. If we need to change our attitude, we can. God loves a cheerful giver. God not wants us to give grudgingly. He wants us to change our attitude by looking how good he has been in our forgiveness of sin and how abundantly he has capped us and he has blessed us through life and we can be thankful and be, and be dependent on him and say, God, I want to be cheerful in my giving. I want to do it with a good attitude, with the right attitude. I want to always watch my attitude and say, God, it's not as easy maybe as for some others, but I still want to, and I still can, and I still need to do it with a good attitude. God loves a cheerful giver. I don't want to be cursed just because I have a wrong attitude. And I can change my attitude whenever it's need, needed. You know, it's not always easy to get up in the morning with a good attitude, is it? Our kids, when they went to school, one thing that they were not allowed to is to leave the house towards school with a bad attitude. There was places, the times, not very many, but there was times I called them and say, well, hey, before you go to school, you need to change your attitude right here before dad. You cannot go to school with that attitude. You, you, you need to change it, and they had to change it right there, and then they went off to school. It didn't take very long. I did not uh, discipline them. I just said, you need to change your attitude now. Oh, I'll do it, Dad. No, you do it here now, and then you can go. Then you can go. And I have to do many times to myself. When I get up in the morning, maybe I'm in the shower, and I sense that I have a wrong attitude. I tell myself, you cannot go into the day with that attitude. Change it right now, right here. Just think of how good God is to you, how he's blessed you, how he has kept your family, how he has given you so many things. And he has forgiven your sins. You need to change your attitude right now, right here. And I have to make myself do it. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Not just any giver. A cheerful giver. So God looks at our attitude. And God shows us examples that the attitude, we can change it as fast as we want to. 
Don't say, oh, I'll change my attitude tomorrow. I can't do it right now. Yes, you can. You may not want to. That's true. But you can. You can. So we can do it even to come to church. If you on the way, you all of a sudden find out, oh, I don't come with the right attitude to church. You can change it right there while you're driving. You can change it right there when you're coming into church. You can change it once you want to give your offering. You can change it right there. You can change it when you want to fill out your faith promise card. You can change it and God said, God, for the first time or this time too, I'll fill out my faith promise card. I'll do it with the right attitude. God loves a cheerful giver and I'll give my faith promise cheerfully, cheerfully every Sunday. I'll give it cheerfully because God says that that's the attitude he loves. A cheerful giver. And that does not mean that you have to have a fake smile. You know, this missionary, did you see anything negative in his attitude when he gave that report? No. He didn't have a great big smile, but just the way he talked about things, you know that he has a good attitude towards ministry, doesn't he? He has a good even though they're in danger. He has a great attitude, and that's what we need and we can and we should have. So we don't have to wait, or we don't have to pray a long time. You don't even have to pray, God, change my attitude. God will say, that's your business. <laughs> Let's go and read one verse, and then I'll be done. Uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. What's all that? That's much more than attitude. But you cannot have those unless you have a good attitude. All the book of Philippians is written about the joy in a Christian's life. The joy. Not the bitterness. Not the boring, dry. You know, what, you know one, one thing why we in our family, we speak Spanish? One of the reasons. I was born in the, in the raised in the German culture. And German is a dry language. You don't even, I don't even, never learned one single kind word to say one to another. I didn't. And I said, no, I don't want to have that dryness in our family. We want to tell each other we love each other. We will love our children. They love us. And that's hard to say in German, so we need did it in Spanish. You know, and when I read the book of, uh, well, Cantares. Yeah. There's so many love words in that book. You know, and, and when you read that, read that in German, 
that even sound strange, those words. You've never heard them before except in the Bible, but not in practice. But no, we want to have a different attitude in family, not just say, oh, I'm the one that suffers the most in the family. Oh, poor me. I'm always the victim. Man, the, 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 with the time when you will have joy in your life, you will end. You will quit. Quit always thinking that you're the victim in, the, in, the, in life. I am not the victim. No way. I don't want to have that victim. That's terrible. I hate it. Just change your attitude. I am blessed. I am a child of God. I am blessed with my wife, with my family, with our children. I am blessed with so many things. Change our attitude and God will bless us. God loves a cheerful giver. Can you give cheerfully? Many times I have to correct myself and things when I notice that my attitude is wrong in what I do. So I have to change my attitude, and you can too. You can, even right now, right there. Children, they don't have to have a bad attitude. Parents don't have to. Wives, husbands, we don't have to have always a bad attitude. We can change it. We can change it now. We can change it every day if it needs be. We can. And do it right so God will not curse us but bless us because we have our attitude that honors him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being so good to us. Forgive me for not being thankful the way I should. Help me to have the right attitude.